if people are watching and um oh here we go maybe this is how it works i'm live let's play the intro again <laughs> Right. So I'll turn off the uh, the stream back of my own voice so I can't hear us in 30 seconds time. But yes, everybody who is watching and everyone who's watching on the recorded version, uh, welcome to the first ever live stream of Chatter with Houston Wade and William Steele. Uh, yeah, guys, welcome. And uh, yeah, welcome everyone that's listening. Thank you so much. Thanks. Really glad to be here. Uh, so for anyone that doesn't know, actually, uh, William is currently going to be the editor of my book, which is going to be the topic of the discussion for this uh, entire interview or in live stream, however you want to describe it, uh, called To the Moon, uh, the GameStop Saga. And so we, we got in touch because I had talked to him on a podcast a few months ago and then decided I needed a, an editor for my book. And he was very happy to do so. And Houston was the, the first interview I did on the topic. And uh, he, the interview really blew up. And he started a YouTube channel about it. So you can check out like the previous interviews and stuff. Um, I, will, I will put them in the description for anyone um, who's watching the recorded version. I'll do that later. Um, but yeah, guys. So uh, basically, I want to go over uh, my book, To the Moon, The GameStop Saga. The, I, I've watched uh, a couple of different mainstream journalists talk about this uh, as a topic for like books and films and documentaries and everything and aside from the guys making the it strong together documentary it seems like all of the mainstream journalists are want to focus on january and for me that's like just the that's like the the start of the story <laughs> like why do you think it is uh, that that is the focus for for most of the mainstream when we are still here, like watching everything that happens every week, and and they don't even realize that that's going on. Uh, yeah, that I I think that the the mainstream news has not done a good job in explaining to the public that the squeeze is still ongoing, and so when people saw a saw a stock go from two dollars and 57 cents to 480 dollars in january they thought oh that's it the squeeze is over that was done and the hedge funds have really been good at making sure the mainstream news like maintains that narrative uh so i, I think that that you know I, I was asked to be in the netflix documentary and they're still organizing how they're going to do that and um i think it might be like one of those documentaries like icarus i don't know if you ever saw that where the, the bicyclist is trying to figure out if he can dope himself into being a better bicyclist and then ends up becoming this whole story about getting the Russian doping doctor out of Russia so he can speak to the IOC and brought down the entire like Russian Olympic Committee. And I, I think that the, the people who are working on the other documentaries are going to find themselves like having to shift gears halfway through their production <laughs> and, and unexpectedly. And that, and that may be a good narrative for them to take uh uh because it's kind of like oh look at this twist in the middle but the ape strong guys are they know exactly what's going on from the get-go mm. william what do you I reckon would, i would i would say um <clears throat> it's kind of always been in the habit of the news to be you know reporting after the scene right um and, and they're, they're going to highlight that uh as much as they can to capitalize on the hype and of course you know keep viewer retention and ratings 
I think that has uh, something to do with it for sure. Um, and I also think it has something to do with the fact that like, it's uh, a topic not that not very many people are interested in continuing the discussion for, or at least, you know, are, are not incentivized to other than, you know, the, the, the niche audience that we have in between Reddit, Twitter, the people that are participating, the participants. Mm. Mm. I saw, I saw um, a guy commenting yesterday that he think he feels like it's become like a funnel. So you had all of the interest coming in, in like January and it's like funneled and filtered it down to only the most dedicated of people. <laughs> and that it's like, it's, it's, um, it's basically like filtered out anyone. Yeah. That plus Satoshi, obviously on, on super stonk. And I don't know if they've applied it to our slash GME, but that plus Satoshi has just meant that there is only the most dedicated people left, which I guess me means that we've got the highest quality of discussion theoretically going on about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I would imagine things... that the paper hands have shaken free now. Uh, that they, that the, you know, with <laughs> the ups and downs, the people that that were in it to get a quick buck, they're done, and the only people <laughs> left investing are like the hardcore core. But even then, uh, uh, get it got on Reddit. You know, he he funded a survey, and that survey basically suggests that Americans alone own about 200 million shares of GME. And that's a lot. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's four, four to 5 million people that are invested in this. And that's still a large market. Like if you can get four to 5 million people watching something in particular, that's a huge win for that, that media outlet. So the, there, there is an incentive to talk about it more in the mainstream news, but I think that, the the powers that be are just unaware of how large uh, how many adults in america actually are participating in this mm, there's definitely like a ridiculous number of people involved uh, i i foolishly posted on on super stunk about like how can we figure out can we get like a register of who owns the shares to try and figure out like how many shares retail owns mm -hmm. because in my mind, like retail owns the flow. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. Oh yeah, definitely. And then some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't expect, I can't understand how it wouldn't be the case. Basically. I've yet to see anyone explain to me why that's why retail don't own the flow. Because I remember reading like posts a couple of weeks ago that were, it was like, like people saying, Oh, I've, I've doubled my position since January. And then someone go, Oh, you've doubled your position. Well, I've quadrupled my position. And then the next comment is like quadrupled. I've 10 X my position. <laughs> and I just kept going down like that. And I was like, there was someone who said that they'd increased their position by like 7,000%. And I was like, you mad man, like you're a hero. Like what have you been living on? <laughs> Peanuts and like charity probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's wild. Cause in, uh, uh, before the January squeeze, the shorts had to cover 270 million shares. And, uh, that was the estimate by, um, uh, what's his butt who owns, uh, interactive brokers. And, you know, since then more people have jumped in millions more have jumped in and bought more shares. So there's no way that they, that, that, that retail owns less than that now. It's just not possible. Mm, yeah, I, I don't think so. It's so one of the things that um, I felt I I wanted to to cover in in the book itself um, mm. as one of the main themes and discuss here, obviously, is the idea that 
this community has become a hive mind and and for me uh so for anyone that doesn't know actually and actually william you're a better sci-fi guy than me do you want to explain what a hive mind is yeah um just so you guys know i'm having a little bit of trouble with the browser but i'll, I'll go into the the science fiction aspect of the hive mind um it's like mass psychology right uh I, I think that it's become more and more of an interest to uh study and examine especially now that we have like such large amounts of data on how humans move like as a collective and what their decisions are we're able to like put through that kind of lens of analysis uh on like a, a large data you know big computation um how we're behaving and we're discovering more about ourselves uh than we've ever been able to before and it's allowing us a new lens particularly in the marketing side of things like marketing companies are able to study how the collective like hive mind kind of bubbles out and and um and behaves another aspect to it is a little bit more uh in the realm of uh creativity um you know i think what we're seeing is like a balancing of sorts uh there has been uh where there is always suppression and 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 the fight for freedom uh particularly financial in this instance i think that we're really really seeing an opportunity for you know the the middle class americans who are able to communicate with each other at such a rapid pace to really seize a moment together and i think this has kind of been i mean how long has the stock market been around almost almost 100 years now right um a little bit over or a little bit under but uh this market's been manipulated for such a long time. Um, this is definitely, I think, you know, uh, if karma is a karmatic response uh, and it's happening as a collective, all of us. Mm. I mean, Suzanne Trimbath, actually, and Lucy Commissar both discussed um, the history of, of naked shorting, of institutional capture, of corruption in, in the financial markets, all the way back to the crash of 29. So it is literally, the, this the story of the corruption of financial markets is as old as the financial markets themselves, uh, which, which kind of begs the question, is it possible to make these markets without corruption? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> but what what the markets require is uh, uh, they require hefty regulation. I know that there's like purist capitalists out there that that think we need this laissez-faire system. But every time we we move that direction, we see huge boom and bust cycles. And those boom and bust cycles, they what they serve is to basically wipe out more and more of the population of their wealth and concentrate it higher and higher and higher into a, into a core group of people. And it works great for those, you know, 400 families or whatever that, that win every time there's a boom bust cycle. But, you know, John Maynard Keynes, I talked about this a couple of months ago, but John Maynard Keynes, while a lot of these laissez-faire capitalists may hate his guts and a lot of like Marxists may hate his guts, <laughs> what he managed to do was develop a system that that kept the market within these bounds so that it kept this slow like one to five percent growth that would just kind of you know dip in and out but always had an upward trend for for year over year over year and it probably was the one thing that saved the united states of america from pushing into into you know communism 
if if after the the Great Depression, World War II, the economy still stunk to high heaven because there was no regulation, there was uh, no quantitative easing, there was the the that you didn't have these regulators kind of keeping everything in bounds and keeping people in check. We probably would have been like, hey, you know, screw it, let's let's uh, let's just you know seize the rights of production and move that direction. And so the 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 framework of capitalism today was saved by that Keynesian model, and from basically 1980s onward, uh, there's been a push in uh, particularly the U.S., the U.K., uh, somewhat in in some other Western nations to like remove those safeguards, those those like bits of regulation. Oh, you know what? We should let the banks start playing in the market again. Oh yeah, we should uh, 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 forget regulating the water and electricity. Let's just let that go with pure market mechanics. And it just eats away at an economy, just destroys the foundational basis upon it. And, uh, you know, we, we need to have somebody watching these psychopaths and sociopaths at all these hedge funds and big financial institutions because they have so much money and so much power that if they get an inkling uh, and they see a window in, of an opportunity, they will just take over the world and more than they already have. So mm. that's 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 kind of like my philosophy behind regulating these folks. Mm. I mean, you're you're so, so like you you know what's really hilarious is that you talk about something that i just spoke to uh, this economist marky thomas about and it is is this idea that we have had since the 1980s the economy has gone from being about increasing the wealth and prosperity of everyone to increasing the wealth and prosperity of the top one percent and when that happens when you get such outrageous wealth inequality you get people going well, let's just tear the whole system down. Um, you know, what's wrong with communism? If I have nothing and after, then maybe I have something, then sweet, that's amazing. And it's it's kind of corrupted the very like foundations of, of, uh, of capitalism in that what we see today as like capitalism is not like the, the is not what people who discuss capitalism in a positive light mean. Yeah, this is like this is just cronyism. William, what, what, yeah. what were you going to say there? One thing that I've learned mm -hmm. recently because of one of the companies that I started and in having to cultivate a particular kind of work culture and being more cognizant of what that means, corporate culture, I realized that um, companies are very much like tribes. And what we're kind of experiencing is like a tribal exchange of services and goods um, and I would be curious to know y'all's opinion on if a, if a hedge fund is another is another tribe, uh, how do we or how does the government go about maybe influencing to some degree or another without negatively impacting the freedoms of the American, um, the positive education of the individuals at the helms of these institutions, and, and and more so, you know, it really work culture. Of course, it starts at the head, but it's really impacted by the type of people that are brought together. Is there any kind of way that you guys might think or, or any ideas or do you guys, have you guys heard anything about that uh, of maybe influencing it to be more positive so that people in these tribes and these companies are more conscientious of even not just themselves and their impact on the society around them, but the impact that their culture is having um, upon either that supply chain, if they're able to think at that level or even more so, you know, on a, on a on a scalar level 
Mm. Can I just clarify what you're asking here? So I, d I definitely understand. So you're asking, mm -hmm. how do we change the culture of Wall Street or essentially of, of, of like big business from the top down? Yeah. Or is it a top down solution? Is it something that starts bottom up? You know, I'm, I'm super curious on that. I've been really thinking, pondering that for the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, I, I think it's difficult. There's, you know, if, if you flip through a business publication, it's always some article once a year about trying to teach CEOs empathy and, you know, <laughs> and, and like, and like corporate responsibility. And the thing is, is that, is that there's such a large portion of people who gravitate to the top of these organizations who have cluster B personality disorders. They've got narcissism, uh, psychopathy, sociopathy, uh, borderline personality disorders, and they don't have it and then they never will at best they can mimic it for their own personal gain and my family we've had so many like around the dinner table conversations about this stuff uh especially now that my little sister is studying psychology um but uh it, it's like laws don't necessarily exist for you and i they exist to keep that five to ten percent of the population who have no impulse control somewhat in line and have some way to do something about them and uh the 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 low functioning folks that that have these personality disorders they you know randomly knock an old man over the head take his wallet and get busted and go to jail because they have no impulse control the high functioning ones figure out how to manipulate us and how to make us feel good that they're doing the right thing or whatever and then they just totally flip a switch when they realize like there's my opportunity and they'll screw us and climb the next rung of the ladder up and those folks uh they they have i don't want to call it emotional intelligence because it isn't it's it's like a, a manipulative intelligence and mm. you're not going to be able to teach them to care about other people you just won't you might be able to get them to mimic it um and and to to kind of play that well, role for a while but i don't i don't know if saying, we can if we can get them to do it yeah my my counter would be like it's not necessarily get them to do it because they want to do it i'm talking putting yeah. in the framework and the structure yeah. to where there is there is no creative out there is no creative opportunity to seize necessarily that would be yeah. something that would really interest and that's, me that would that's i think that that's that's where we're going to have to like just clamp down with certain rules and regulations so and and, and make the punishment far worse than the crime because right now you've got groups like citadel that can naked short like crazy and 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 uh pause order flows and delay all these things and and they can make billions of dollars in their and their fine will be like fifty seven thousand bucks and that's yeah. just like for the cost of doing business what it needs to be is if you naked short and there's a failure to deliver after three days you owe 200 percent on what that short i want the price was that short was and make it absolutely just brutalize anybody that that violates these rules and if you if you delay order flow by more than two days you have to pay 300 percent of whatever the 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 cost of the stock was and so that that these groups that are finding these opportunities can't just calculate in okay it's it's uh, we're gonna pay 0.3 percent on this deal as long as we make more than that off of it we're cool it needs to be absolutely just punitive and they'll they will like like cattle herd into the little fence and follow follow the rules then mm. nice. we got some we got some comments that actually agree with you houston so um 
Kung Fu Joe says you can change it by uh, by making it boring, hiring boring people, and taking out the leverage. Um, <laughs> and uh, Frederick Miles says pain is how you learn. Trust me, behavior won't change without criminal prosecution, which I kind of have to agree with. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it's something that Lucy Commissar spoke about as well. She 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 just calls them crooks and 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 mafia members and 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 fraudsters and con men and and she's right because that's that's who this industry tends to attract due to the just outrageous amounts of wealth um that can be generated by by having no empathy (laughs) essentially like if you if you have no morals like you're gonna go far on wall street and whilst that is the case (laughs) I guess you don't change it. Um, uh, so uh, then this kind of brings us to to something that I, I want to talk about because we, we've talked about like these people are willing to break the law and there's been discussions about uh, there being manipulation of the subreddits, uh, whether that's bots, shills. Um, I know on Wall Street Bets, there was accusations that mods had been bought off. Um, I've seen posts coming across from 4chan with people claiming the same sorts of things that were going on. And this um, forms the basis of of two chapters of my book, To the Moon, The GameStop Saga. Pre-order it in the description below. Um, (laughs) And so the thing that I often get when I talk to people about this that aren't embedded in the community is like, oh, yeah, but, you know, why would the hedge funds bother? Why would (laughs) they? Yeah, but that's the... the, So... Like, how real do you think these accusations are? And what is your response to people who would just say, well, you know, why would the hedge funds bother to go on Reddit? Or why would they pay for people to to do that? I'll go. Uh, because it's cheaper than actually closing their positions. I mean, if, <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it costs you, you know, $10 trillion to close your positions on just GameStop, it's going to be cheaper to pay... Hundred couple hundred thousand bucks here and there to buy people off, and that's that's it. I mean, they're already so deep in the hole, uh, they don't have the cash to actually close these positions. So they're gonna they're gonna pay somebody at, at Motley Fool or Market Watch or uh, Seeking Alpha or on on, on you know find uh, the price of some big name person on uh, a board at Superstonk or whatever, and have them. Do their bidding. I mean, everyone has a price. I have a price. I, I, you know, they they can buy me off. I have if you just just name the price. I mean, I I will get paid twice because I'll go to the uh, SEC and file a whistleblower <laughs> complaint. <laughs> but but you know, there everyone has a price, and and if 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 they can you know shell out a few million dollars here and there as sort of that cost of doing business to draw out or avoid ever having to cover or close these positions, they'll do it. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah. I'd agree. It's the nature of the beast. It's, there's so much money involved. I've said that from like, that was like always been my statement to people that say like, they can't do that. And I'm like, dude, there's so much money involved. You have no idea. Like there's, imagine a world where you wake up and you have so much money that it's just left to your creative capacity to solve problems and not resource, pro- and not you're not bottlenecked by resource. That's what these individuals have the the opportunity to, that's the lens that they look through the world at. And, and for me, it's kind of a cool just to imagine it because you start to really think of like all the creative things you can do, but then you think, oh man, they can do some crazy stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they really can. I mean, I find, and and for anyone that doesn't um, doesn't believe that a that these these things are even possible. So I've just got up some of the things that I've I've mentioned in in one of the chapters of the book that I've already got. Um, so in February 2014, Glenn Greenwald um, revealed that the NSA had a unit called JTRIG, the Joint Threat Research Intelligence Group. And he put out a fantastic article, which again, I will link in the description below later for anyone that wants to check it out, um, that says the, uh, the, he found documents basically um, entitled How Cover Agents Infiltrate the Internet to Manipulate, Deceive and Destroy Reputations. And he says, amongst the core self-identified purposes of JTRIG are two tactics, to inject all sorts of false material onto the internet in order to destroy the reputation of its targets and to use social sciences and other techniques to manipulate online discourse and activism to generate outcomes it considers desirable. Now, these tactics have also been found to be used by numerous different corporate entities. So there's absolutely no, no denying that A, these tactics exist and that they've been applied by not just the NSA, but by big corporations. Like the, there are intelligence firms that the private intelligence firms that will do this for money um it's and and just that alone should, should be enough um to convince people that it's possible and when you talk oh, about the amount of money that's yeah, involved it's oh yeah sorry sorry uh the, yeah there's there's i mean there's there's that and then there's like the opposite too there's uh those like groups that will somehow seo the bad stuff about you like just put just drop it down in the Google chat by making all sorts of weird random artists nonsensical articles about that have your name in it and mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, uh, the, if if the governments are doing it, you know, we've the RIS in Russia, they 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 have huge farms that do this all day long. And mm -hmm. if if governments are doing it, then there's also subcontractors for the governments that do it. And if those subcontractors are doing it for the government, they're also looking for other clients. And uh, you know, we 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 can see it in in you know tweets and Reddit posts and 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 comments on YouTube and things Facebook and things like that. But we also, I mean, it's been around since before that because uh, Jim Cramer was on video talking about how he takes graft to uh, talk shit about a company whenever whenever they give him the money. You know, they they cut him a check and he's like, yeah, I'll I'll badmouth that company all day long and help you drive that stock price down to help the short hedge funds. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's a crime. And he admitted it on video and no one's ever done anything about it. And he still has millions of viewers every single day. And you know, all these boomers like, oh, I'm going to listen to Jim and he's going to tell me what to invest in. And they get hosed 100% of the time. That guy is like the worst batting average. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things that, that baffles me, actually, is that, and it happens in every realm, it's that the the institutions as such like the media in in whatever you know sort of sector you want you can know, have like the political media or the financial media or whatever it is is that the amount of times they get it wrong and then the next day they're just stating things and you're just like oh all right it doesn't matter how many times they've got it wrong their reputations remain intact whereas if there's like independent creators or they can make like one slip up and that's them like tarred for life. Do you think that if or when the MOAS happens, um, they will lose some credibility for all of the, the FUD that they've been spreading for I don't know how long? No. <laughs> <laughs> people, people will still, you know, 
uh, my, my dad's 80, 84, almost 85. And, and every day he's like, Oh, I, I saw on Google news, this article that, 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 that everything got covered in GME. And I was like, who wrote the article? He's like, well, I read it on Market Watch. I'm like, there you go. You know, the the those media outlets, they're owned, they're like literally owned by these funds that are trying to drive this stuff into the ground. And we saw weird things like with a Market Watch article where they announced uh, a major uh, uh, ladder attack on GME 15 minutes before it happened. And they published it in their article like, oh, the price went down you know, $110 in just a few minutes. And then a few minutes later is when the actual ladder attack happened. So they, they're being, they're being telegraphed this information and someone just made a mistake of publishing it too quickly. So, you know, it's, it's it, the, the obviousness with what they, with what they do it, we see, but regular folks at home don't have the attention span or the knowledge base to really filter that stuff and, and look at it critically. I mean, that's like the, that's why the hive mind of Reddit super stonk and the, the ape community has, has been so brilliant is because you don't need one, two, three journalists who are maybe interested in this to watch the story constantly anymore. There are 10,000 people constantly watching the story and picking out maybe maybe there's like 500 things that they point out point out in one day right i don't know like short interest rates um dark pools failure to deliver numbers uh like uh deep in the money um or deep out of the money puts or in the money puts or um we've got a couple of questions about those which i will get to later for anyone who's waiting but we've got this like brilliant hive mind creating or watching everything that's going on and I think it's quite clear that people aren't going to get bored of this at this point. Like they are going to pursue it until the, until yeah, the, the, the hedge funds collapse or they lose all their money and access to an internet connection, basically. <laughs> like that's the, those are the two ends of this. I think um, like, well, how, how have you guys viewed just the like evolution of that community generally? Well, if you guys, I'll go. Um, I, I'm, it really excites me. It, it really feel hopeful about the future uh, because these platforms like Reddit and even I would argue some aspects of Twitter uh, are finally starting to show that there are mechanisms that we can deploy as a as a collective culture that can be used for infrastructure integrity. Like this is upholding some amount of integrity to the financial system, which up to this point has been infallible in every way that they've operated. I mean, like 2008, that wasn't a big enough, like take it out and slap it in your face with it. Like <laughs> that was, that was it for me. You know, when I, when I watched the big short and when I was old enough to start comprehending what these things that were going on uh, really were in the nature of the beast, it really saddened me. I think that's where that whole idea of like the, the, um, the, the generation below mine, the, the, and they have all like, the, what is it, the Zoomers and how they're just like, I get a lot of uh, talk from older individuals that are like, the new generation, man, I don't know what's wrong with them. They just seem like dead behind the eyes. And it's probably because they're they're born into a world where they're able to have access to all this information so quickly and realize it's it's it can be very bleak at times. Whereas Reddit now and Twitter and all of these platforms and, and individuals like you guys and, and myself are really uh, it brings me hope. It brings me light and, and, and thinking that maybe TV was a learning process for us as a species. 
maybe television and media control and the things that we're going through are just birthing pains of sentience in its own right. And, and hopefully we're on the path and we're progressing toward this, uh, this day where maybe, you know, there's serious integrity and the people at the top of these institutions that provide our, our, our world goods and services um, would be leading as an example. And, and they might be able to, because these are also people that are coming on podcasts frequently, whose, you know, private life and personal life blend into their public brand and they're held, you know, to some degree uh, accountable for their actions. And, and I really think that uh, it, 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 war it warms me up, man. Everything that I'm seeing, it, it makes me inspired. It makes me want to continue to go after it and, and, and contribute, you know, economically, both at my local level, but also like um, with news and information as, and education as best I can with what I have and collaborating with other individuals as well. Yeah, the, the um, pr prior to me getting popular, because I came on your podcast back in April, uh, I, I, I spent a lot of time just internet searching, trying to just gather this information. And what's crazy now is that other people do it for me. Like I wake up, <laughs> yeah. I wake up and look at my phone and I'll have 50 messages with 50 different articles. Like, Hey, check this out. Watch this video. Read this, do this thing. And like, I don't have to search for it anymore. They're doing it for me. And, and so, you know, my, my gift is that I educate. And so I, I absorb this information and then I regurgitate it in a way that other people can understand. Some, a lot of it is really technical and uses a lot of lingo that a lot of people don't necessarily get the definitions for. And, and I, it, I, I don't know, it feels, it feels like I should be laying on a bed with like palm fronds and someone's hand feeding <laughs> me like bundles of information and it's luxurious. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. It like takes, it takes me hours dating. a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like Absalom from Alice in Wonderland. We just appear in and he's just got the hookah of info. Just exactly. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. But yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's fantastic because like, like, and I talk about this um, in the book uh, is that we've got this situation where Reddit as a, as a concept, right. Is brilliant. Okay. And obviously it's, fallible due to humans but like the idea is that you get little communities focused on like a specific topic like GameStop for example and then you get um you get lots of people who are interested in that posting um links pictures information dd memes whatever you want there and the, it gets sorted by the community. So the people who are interested in it, who have the most knowledge in it, are the ones who are who are like uh, upvoting or downvoting the information. So that that in itself is a fantastic little sorting process. And and the front page of Reddit is the front page of the internet for a reason. They they did a really good job on a branding it in the first place, and then actually creating a system that is not perfect but worked. Um, so like all credit to, uh, to the founder whose, whose name, um, completely escapes me at the minute. Uh, the guy who's back at C he's because he, he, he left for a few years and then came back as CEO. Um, but th then you get this community because obviously in other things there has, um, when it's not maybe as niche a topic, especially you get, um, what my best friend would refer to as, as casuals coming in and, and just saying stuff that's just blatantly not true <laughs> um and just with such i don't know 
force that people are like, oh, well, maybe this guy's got a point. And it kind of, it, it, and maybe they upvote the wrong thing or they downvote things that aren't true or they like jump on bandwagons or buy into hype that's not there or um, believe people that are shilling or I, I don't know. Everyone's fallible, obviously. Like this isn't me attacking people who have upvoted the wrong thing. Um, but what GameStop and, and like Super Stonk especially has managed to do is to create a community that is so wonderful at using Reddit perfectly. Like they have figured out the exact way to use Reddit to to like discuss high level um, information mixed in with pure shit posts of amazing memes, and in a, a beautiful, beautiful mix. <laughs> and uh, but they they find a way to to do it in in I can't even express how impressed I am with it. Because I used to be a little bit more depressed about the future of the internet, <laughs> but now I feel way more positive. Like watching this unfold, like even even if they're wrong, because I don't think they are, but even if it turns out they're wrong, they've still managed to create a way to use Reddit that I think even the most like optimistic tech utopians would never have imagined. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I was gonna say. It would be uh, my background, like in um, undergrad, was computer science. Um, and it's been very interesting, like you said, to see people optimize how they're using that interface and how they're using the how they're using Reddit very, very effectively. It would be interesting, actually, to see if there couldn't be some kind of uh, maybe mm, niche, I don't know, grad program that focuses on the study of how mass media is inter interacting with those types of programs and how they might be able to optimize those types of uh you know uh systems of thinking that they're using when they're trying to interpret this information from such a large community uh that would definitely be something that would interest me mm. yeah yeah it's uh so I, i'm gonna move on to some of the questions here that we've had from people in the in the comments um one note actually interestingly uh reverse repo is 859.9 billion today so that's um up so uh, a little bit yeah, was that nine hundred billion or something last week. Yeah, so. but I mean, it was back at seven hundred for a few days, seven hundred yeah. something there for a few days, and then it's bounced back up a little bit. But I mean, we're looking. You look at that and you go, "Well, you know, it's not the record." Like we've become so desensitized <laughs> to normal numbers. Like, like go back a month. Like the record was like three hundred billion. Yeah, my, my guess is is we had that shrink because uh, uh, with the reverse repos, the banks are borrowing these securities from hedge funds in their short term loans. They might have only a month before they've got to go out and 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 buy more on the market to to repay their loans. So that's probably why we saw a shrink was that these things came due. Uh, but you know, as far as I know, the Treasury still really isn't issuing any new bonds. So we we still might be seeing a, a, a squeeze on the bond market if the reverse repo keeps going the way it is. And Houston, I was going to ask that um, to you. Might know a little bit more about that. Uh, with the reverse, with with the repo market, I was under the impression that some of these loans were only like like most common, forty eight hour, seventy two hour. You know, I didn't realize that they could go up to a month. That yeah, really changes the way that I look at things. Yeah, they're generally short term. So the regular repo market is when the hedge fund needs cash. And so they say, hey, hey, bank, I need cash. The bank's like, give me collateral. And so they mm -hmm. give usually those municipal and treasury bonds to the banks because those are stable. And the banks will give them cash. And the hedge funds do whatever deal they need to do. And then they pay back as soon as they can. 
and get their uh, 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 bonds back. And then in the reverse repo is when the banks need cash and they say, hey, give me your treasury bonds because the Fed's going to pay me for them. I'll give you a negative interest rate, basically. So, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And it's crazy. and um, the the banks are what the banks are banking on is that interest rates for these ten year notes are going to go up, and if the interest rates go up for those ten year notes, the price goes down. And the every week, you know, Jerome Powell comes out, or you know, someone from the Treasury, or that's Jerome Powell now. I can't remember who's in front of the Treasury now. <laughs> and uh, Janet, they come yeah, out. Not Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen. Yeah, Janet Yellen comes out, and she's like. Uh, we're not raising interest rates. The banks go <laughs> because they need that, like that, like you know, one tenth of one percent raise, so that the price goes down and they can buy back these bonds in the market and give them to the hedge funds and make their profit. And it's not happening week after week. So I, I wonder, like, because the banks, the people at the banks are at the Fed because the Fed's like their big giant club. And I wonder mm -hmm. what discussion is going on because they, they're they're like defeating themselves at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's really curious to me why. I mean, Janet Yellen famously took uh, $800,000, as far as I'm aware, from uh, a number of hedge funds, primarily Citadel. Um, so I would say she's probably in contact with them uh, at the very least. Yeah. Uh, so someone has asked here, uh, do you think um, all these changes on the exchanges like the DTCC, NSCC, um, and all of their new rules, especially mentioning cryptocurrency uh, more and more. Don't you, do you think this could be an attempt to cover up this story and um, maybe stop the MOAS from happening? Essentially, I don't think you can. I think I think it's it's a runaway train at this point. The best you can do is like apply the brakes and hope for the best. Um, yeah. But the uh, there's. The, the shorts are behind so much money. It's absolutely ridiculous. The, the just without, na without naked shares, just think about how many shares there are of AMC alone. There's 500 plus million shares. And every time the price goes up two bucks, that's a billion dollars that the hedge funds are out. And we were at $15 just two months ago. And now it's at 40 to 70 in that range. That's a lot of money that they're responsible for. But it's not just AMC. It's also the same thing with GameStop. It's also the same thing with Cost, the same thing with BlackBerry, the same thing with Nokia, the same thing with Bed Bath & Beyond, the same thing with Metamaterial. The same, like you can name a hundred companies that, you know, the minute they have a dollar gain in, in price, the hedge funds, someone jumps out a window. It's like <laughs> they, they, they've they've taken what should have been a mechanism for doing for for dealing with a company here and there that may have not had uh, the 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 foundation and the mechanics that they wanted and to short, and they've spread it across hundreds and hundreds of companies, and so now they're all tied together in this like crazy chain reaction that when something happens to one over over here, it happens to this one over here as well. It just works its way down the line, and that's why it's a runaway train because they're all connected. All those cards are connected, and I don't. I think. The rules that are being passed are to are to protect their members who will survive, and uh, that that they're they are quarantining these groups. And we saw that J.P. Morgan left the the DTCC and are forming their own clearinghouse. Uh, that happened yesterday, right? I think it officially happened. And 
also yesterday there was an announcement from JP Morgan to all the hedge funds under them. They're like, hey, you might get margin called up to seven times a day <laughs> because I think I think what they're trying to do is 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 get these guys to cover the enclosed positions so that when the shit hits the fan, JP Morgan doesn't get liquidated out of existence. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't want to be, be part of yeah, they didn't want to be a part of what was going to happen with the DTC and the you know dozens and dozens and dozens of hedge funds and market makers and financial institutions that are members. They're like, okay, we can control our folks somewhat, and that might save us. And I think that's that's kind of yeah. where we are. Is like every man for himself. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. When the Moaz happens, guys, I got some cows and chickens. You just come down to Texas. I got you. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The, the, you're assuming that flights will still be going. Um, <laughs> um, although, me, I'll be I'll be a millionaire, so I'll be able to afford a private jet. It'll be fine. <laughs> that, might, that might get you. That might get you a loaf of bread in the future. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Based on what the diet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my friend and I were discussing this. It's like, what if this makes us super wealthy, but there's no economy left to spend it in? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which is uh, still a fear of mine, if I'm if I'm totally honest. Um, someone else has asked. Uh, this is a, a, a slightly more um, complicated question. Maybe you can shed some light on this. Uh, Houston says, "Do you think that they are recycling failure to deliver through ETFs and then reselling them back to retail?" Um, does, that even, does that make sense? I don't. I mean know. the the uh, uh, the the failure to delivers kind of get recycled a couple ways, as far as I know. You have the market makers that that generate FTDs. Uh, I think I, just, I said ETF. I meant say FTDs. Uh, these FTDs get recycled a few ways. Uh, the market makers, if you have market maker status and you get to that T T plus thirty five date when like you're supposed to cover or else all hell break loose literally the computer just resets and it starts mm-hmm. all over again for the market makers it's people who aren't market makers that are screwed and those guys who aren't market makers what they do is they do a swap so they trade their debt with somebody else's debt and by reassigning the name on that it resets it or they go out into the options market and through because of reg show says you just have to identify where shares could be and that can reset it they buy these deep 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 options that might expire two three years down the line and they say hey, look it's good enough and uh and so the that that rule change for uh rule uh, 005 was supposed to eliminate that loophole and then they took it off the sec website deleted that part and put it back up and uh, so these hedge funds can can just buy these options. And what, what they're counting on is that within the next two or three years, the, the, the price of the stock will plummet in those options. They will never have to bother exercising those options. And even then, they can probably trade those options with somebody else and reset all over again. So uh, the, it's, it's a lot of can kicking down the road. And we have to, we've got to see like how, how much debt can all of these hedge funds accrue without it affecting everyone else? And the amount of margin that these folks are trading on is absolutely insane. When the the economy collapsed in 2008, people were talking about it's wild that they're that they have a one to ten ratio of margin. And now we see like one to 50, one to a hundred if you're trading crypto. And the amount of margin that's been issued by the banks has doubled in the last 18 months. 
and and the market hasn't doubled in the last 18 months so you know we're, we're not seeing a reciprocal uh uh trade-off for how much debt is being issued by these banks to all these hedge funds and traders even retail traders you know retail traders didn't really trade with margin until recently and mm. so many of them are so over leveraged on the retail trades it's crazy that's that's what took down the 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 taipei uh, market a couple of months ago was was they had a a chain reaction and, and margin collapse and their market lost nine or ten percent in a day which had never happened before in its entire existence mm. and now with covid resurgence in tai, taiwan uh, combined with their market uh you know the precariousness of their market like they're doing really poorly right now and so so much of this market is sitting on these like really you know precarious points and they could just fall off a cliff at any point and we're being held together with like scotch tape and staples right now <laughs> I, I have a question for for you guys um all three of us are kind of aware that if like when the moaz happens um it's gonna be cat like the the fallout will be pretty catastrophic like it, it, it's going to be severe. I'm wondering, yeah. like you said, Houston, they're kicking the can down the road in as many creative ways as possible. And they're making yeah. sure that they're trying to stay ahead of law, uh, law and being able to like present new creative solutions. They got plan Z, like Plankton style in the lemon scented back of the <laughs> folder cabinet. You know what I'm saying? They got, they got, yeah. they got plans down the, down the wazoo, I'm sure. And they have the resources to do so. My question is this, the, the, the only thing I could see, and I'm trying to put myself in that situation, the only thing I could see is being a solution that would, what's, what big significant events as worlds, and, and we're a world economy, we're very interconnected at this point. What big events do we see that happens that shifts that dramatically at fundamental levels? And the only thing I could think of is war. War as a black swan event is potentially one of the only scenarios wherein all of this goes poof and the people at the top get to restructure things and reorganize them in a way that might be a little bit more forward thinking in the future for how they're going to be doing things like this. Like war is the only situation where the government comes into your company and says, hey, uh, you guys are doing everything this way now and that's how it's going to be. Yeah, that's an interesting just, thing. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, 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 uh, family, my father's a conventional warfare strategist, the United States army for 26 years. And so that was the only thing that kept reoccurring in my head was like, man, the only thing that I've seen in my like past study that could be like some kind of solution. If I was sitting at the top of the evil of team evil would be like, yeah. Hey, we need to, we need to instigate war. We need another Vietnam. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, we, we just we just pulled out of Afghanistan because it was 20 years of like, oh, what are we yeah. doing here? Yep. And uh, yeah, so like I, I, I think the problem is that the public's taste for war, it's going to be another generation before people forget what it's like. And we can, you know, we've got the willingness to jump in and do that all over again. Uh, we've, we have just so many veterans right now. When you, when you have a war that lasts 20 years, you generate millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of veterans and it's gnarly i uh i taught for a college that 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 really went after these veterans for gi bills so like 30 percent of our classrooms were veterans and some of these guys you know they they get discharged and five days later they're starting college and they just got back from iraq or whatever yeah. and and it's it 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 did a it took a toll 
and you can see it in their behavior and their actions. And uh, I, I, I think the one, the one, the one, the one glaring flaw with that theory is that the taste for war right now is just not there. That, mm. that it's going to take some other, it's going to take time to be like drum up, drum that up, that enthusiasm back up again. Uh, you, we've got short, short memories. So uh, it, it could happen maybe sooner than I think, but uh, uh, that's, that's an interesting point though, that mm. yeah, you, you can, you can do like the defense production act and really just go in and just change the mechanics right away. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, there's I, yeah it's something to we're, keep we're just, in mind moving forward yeah, this, yeah it's just yeah. a postulate it's just a postulate i'm that's because yeah, i'm yeah. just thinking there yeah i mean my my response to that would be that i, I kind of get the impression that we are already in a kind of both cold war with china oh, kind of sure. and mm -hmm. we're all like oh i say we in britain we're not quite where you are in america but I get the impression that you're basically in a cold civil war as well in America and that like oh, yeah. any, and that I also don't think that war looks anything like historical examples anymore. I think yeah. that there's no benefit to the establishment of, of basically any major nation or developed nation to go into full all out war. Like there, there is no economic incentive for that because the destruction caused by it far outweighs the you know the economic benefits that that would have been touted in the past and disrupting the entire economy isn't very profitable and, uh, and so i and, just i struggle to see that there'd be a war although there's different things that could trigger um, the sort of action you're talking about so the leading a lot of strategists believe that we'll never have another anything like world war again because of how globally economically tied we are but my my the reason that I'm only proposing this is simply because what if the engine of the reason why we don't go to war, the economy, is the purpose for the war itself? That's the mm. only that's where that's where I was like, man, that would actually be really crazy and actually probably yeah. might happen, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw Alex Jones talking about uh, how the there is now going to be like more escalating things between. Um, the West and China because oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. China have gone like in his mind, at least anyway, the, the global establishment, like we're fine with China, but now China are getting like too rowdy and bullshy and, and, you know, war hungry and expansionist and that now there's going to be like, I don't know, more conflict. So I guess we'll, we'll kind of see mm -hmm. how, how that plays out. Um, but I feel we've got slightly sidetracked here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to, welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah well i guess we got a little bit we got a little yeah 15 20 minutes guys that good for you left we could go through a few yeah, more I, things i can go for hours if you want i don't care <laughs> uh, well it's um it's my mom's birthday and oh, oh. God, houston i believe it's your birthday actually some people commented <laughs> oh nice no, happy birthday they, there's this ongoing inside joke with the people who follow me and every single day they wish me a happy birthday <laughs> 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 I love the internet. <laughs> Just don't stop. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, first of all, uh, Charlie Vids was the person who exposed the ETFs. Uh, yes, apparently, yes. so uh, we have to give him credit for that. So, Charlie Vids, uh, shout out if you're listening or see this. Um, thanks for your great work. Um, I've emailed you today. Let me on your show, please. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
So the, the 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 thing that we haven't really mentioned actually yet is the is the crypto dividend. Now there's been I I haven't had a chance to read um, much today. I haven't seen anything that happened uh, vaguely. But today was meant to be the day. Of course, don't hype dates, but hype every date. Uh, I think is the 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 theory now. Is like you, you know we don't get hyped for specific dates. Mm. We get hyped for every day. Um, I think it's 4:20 p.m. I'm not sure which time zone it is. Uh, might be, might be, might be a Grapevine Texas time zone when it's supposed to be released. Right uh, away. So, so, um, so now when I spoke to uh, Carl Hagberg and to Suzanne Trimbath, uh, neither of them were particularly convinced that the crypto dividend would solve the the problem of um naked short selling or at least expose it they they were very cynical about the idea um or perhaps didn't understand the underlying technology of using an nft which can't be uh, replicated uh what are your thoughts on that and is the infrastructure from what you've seen that gamestop are putting in place a suggestion that even though they've denied it that they are preparing to do something like that um, I'll, I'll go, uh, from the, the, the DD I've absorbed on it. Um, I, I think the potential for it is absolutely diabolical. Uh, the, the, the guy that, that GameStop brought in to run this program, he created a financial company that made an NFT that will, basically include in the code all of your crypto assets in one coin. And oh, wow. so your crypto assets can't be fungible. They can't be stolen. They can't even stuff because the coin maintains that, that ledger. And the, the speculation is that GameStop isn't just going to issue a coin as like one coin per share and have a currency. They're going to issue an NFT that records how many shares you own. And the ledger will be able to announce exactly the ownership at any moment across the entire uh, 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 stock market for GameStop, international and local. And so that that coin will show an instant exactly how, how many synthetic shares are out there and will finally be a census, an exact census as to ownership of GameStop, which everyone wants. And I think that is a pretty rad big brain move and that and yeah. that not not only will this be a non-fungible coin that short hedge funds cannot duplicate but it will finally give us the exact number of shares that are out there and show how much has been naked shorted and and having that data will i think freak the hell out of the banks and the prime brokers that have issued the margins <laughs> to these short hedge funds because they'll go oh my god this is so much worse than anyone had said had told us before, and that you, you won't you won't be able to hide stuff in default swaps. You won't be able to hide stuff in uh, uh, long puts and calls. You won't be able to hide these things anymore because it will be listed at all times on the ledger of these coins. And That's I wicked, yeah, it's it's gnarly. And if if it is if it is that badass, like if people on Reddit are speculating that, then there's definitely. The professionals at GameStop who are working on this on this uh, blockchain technology that have thought of it too. That's someone wicked. is saying in the comments that the coin went live this morning, 
this morning. At okay. Four twenty a.m. Oh, four twenty a.m. Okay. I am. And that it is already, I know, like, there is clearly an ab, some fucking hero in the scheduling department. I love GameStop. this. Um, like, I, I, I want I want to know who it is. I want I want them to get a medal. Like, they, they, whoever, because even just there was the, the shareholders meeting was like 6, 9. What else was on 420? I can't remember. Or the, the, I can't remember what was 420. It was like, it was like the Pikachu plushie was released on 420. And... <laughs> Oh yeah, you I gotta mean, put him in the acknowledgments of the book. Gotta get him. In yeah. the <laughs> if anyone works at GameStop and you know who is doing this, please email me and tell me <laughs> who it is. Um, it's Josh at thegist.co.uk. Please tell me who this is, and I will send them free copies of my book for being that much of a legend. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, do we think um, the market is about to crash? That was, uh, yeah, the final thing that I wanted to discuss here. Like, are we are we going to see GameStop um, and all of the short selling be the the catalyst for this for for a market crash? I feel like it's headed that way. Yeah, I I think it can go it can go either way. Um, a market crash can trigger the MOAS, and the MOAS can trigger a market crash. Uh, yeah. Mainly because of of the way how over leveraged everyone is on margin uh if if the moas happens and the and and those hedge funds get liquidated right they've got all these uh uh assets that that are you know their their municipal bonds their treasury bonds their blue chip stocks index funds etfs whatever whatever solid assets they have get sold and if they're lucky they get sold in private bids to other financial institutions if they're not lucky, they get sold on the open market, and that 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 sell-off will drive the price down for all of these blue chips across the board. Which means other hedge funds that that may have been healthy two hours earlier will see their asset value shrink enough that they might get margin called on their their leverage, and you know then it's just a chain reaction across the market, or. We have a problem where there's a credit crunch or there's a, a corporate debt bubble, and uh, you know, and 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 if there's a, if there's a credit crunch with the banks, then consumers aren't getting the, the credit they need to make purchases, and corporations aren't getting the credit they need to to artificially inflate their stock price with stock buybacks, which has been going on since at least the tax cuts made uh, uh, by the U.S. government in 2018, and what we see is 109% of corporate profits have been going into stock buybacks. And that's because, you know, these, these executives get bonuses if they meet certain price targets on the stock. So they'll be like, okay, we're going to take out a huge loan from Goldman Sachs and we're going to buy back 30 million shares of our stock and drive the price up. And they drive that price up and all of a sudden they hit the $85 target price and the CEO gets reined with $50 million in cash as a bonus. And it's happening across the board, corporation after corporation after corporation after corporation, especially in the United States. And uh, they're not spending on R&D. They're not spending on uh, retooling. They're not spending on investing on new plants or you know worker safety or anything else that would help their them down the line. They're spending it all on stock buybacks to artificially drive these prices up. And the minute they don't have access to debt to 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 corporate debt to do that. The stock price bottoms out because they've 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 wasted their future on buying back stock 
for you know six people to get bonuses and mm -hmm. if if we see a credit crunch in that in the in the price of the stocks go back to where they should be based on their on their fundamentals then again we see all those assets shrink once more margin calls happen across the board and you know we've got we got to think about corona too like you know the the delta variant and the lambda variant uh if if we get a little bit of a mutation in the spike protein all of the the vaccines that everyone had are useless and we go right mm -hmm. back to shutting down again and the last time we shut down the market collapsed 37 percent in a matter of days so if we get a market collapse like that again margin calls across the board and so when those margin calls happen what they're doing is they have to buy back all the stocks they're short on and all the stocks are short on we own and so we're in this weird position where for the first time in market history the average retail investor may actually come out on top during during uh, a market collapse and it's a weird place to be because no one no one ne that's never happened before <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it's uh it's a really weird situation to be in and it's it's that's what i guess makes it so fascinating it's like you can guess and you can say oh well this happened in the past but there's not really very much precedent for any of this like we're we're in totally completely just like what is it that barbosa says the end of pirates of the caribbean when him and jack are fighting and it's like oh you're you're off the edge of the map here here with here there'll be monsters it's like that's yeah. kind of how it feels right yeah. now. <laughs> no, we're, we're totally in uncharted territory in, yeah. in a lot of ways and not just it, it, like financially but i mean like as a society, it's exciting, in my opinion. I, I love I love where we're at. It's, it's one of the most exciting times to be here. I think, uh, who's the guy that, that says that? Joe Rogan always is like, this is the most interesting time to be alive. Yeah, every every, every day is something new. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know a point in my life where I've, I've developed so many wrinkles so fast in my, in my brain. <laughs> Like every every day, I'm like, whoa! I didn't even thought of that. That's crazy. And you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can feel feel the wrinkle forming. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that yeah. should help you answer this question. So some guy has has asked this a couple of times, and I said I would uh, I would ask. Um, I am not a hundred percent on exactly what he means by it. Again, Houston, maybe you'll have more uh, insight than me. He says, uh, "Would love to hear your thoughts about non repudi non repudiation concerns slash solutions." Um, does that mean anything to you? I've been Googling, but I have, I, I, I can't really sort of tell what it means. Um, uh, I mean, re anyone. to repudiate someone is to like chastise them, right? Mm. Well, it says so that, non-repudiation uh, non is, uh, usually applies to cases of a formal contract or communication or the transfer of data, its aim is to ensure that an individual or organization bound by the terms of a contract or the parties involved in a particular communication or document transfer are unable to deny the authenticity of their signatures on contract documents or that oh. they were the originator of a particular message or transfer. I assume this has to do with stock ownership. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so, like, like maybe, maybe not necessarily stock ownership, but maybe ownership of synthetics. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, as in, uh, maybe this is a way for people to. I'm going to have to look into this. I'm sorry, yeah. person who asked this. I can't remember. No, it, it's it's an interesting question. Okay, so so we know from previous articles, uh, Matt Taibbi wrote in Rolling Stone about naked shorting, like in 2010, 
and how it brought down Bear Stearns. And, and it's a really, it's a, it's like an hour and a half read. It's a long article. Uh, and in that he talked about the loopholes in reg show where, uh, you know, when someone's issuing a naked share that they're selling, they're writing in anything like, you know, they're supposed to identify who has the stock and they're putting in like three dashes and just sent, selling the stock. And so maybe when they issue these fake shares electronically, maybe they aren't even putting the real name of the, of the person who issued it in there. I have no idea. They're just like putting it out there. And I don't, I have no idea how that, that, that fast system at the DTCC even, even like assigns ownership of that stuff across the brokerages. Like what, if, if there's a typo, and it says Citismel instead of Citadel. Like, does does that still trace back to? I've I, I have no idea because this the I, DTCC I, I, won't let anyone ever look at that stuff. I would say that it, I would personally, and this is just from what I understand, I wouldn't be too concerned about that uh, hmm. because there's just digital. There's a digital footprint everywhere, yeah. and all those interactions. There's if and if there's an investigation, they're subject to full X-ray, full. Uh, you know, there's nothing you can hide. You yeah. know, even with what was the instance where um, Hillary Clinton was like using the wrong uh, oh, server, server for private? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, totally accidentally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everything's subject to X-ray. Everything's digital. Yeah. There's, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. And that's just my yeah. opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you know more about computers than I do. So I'm just going to defer to you. <laughs> <laughs> so someone has asked here also. Um, about how there's been a lot of talk about cyber attacks um like on there was the ones on like different power lines gas uh, infrastructure and on the financial markets and they're kind of saying that maybe there's going to be some some like they're basically suggesting that there's going to be a cyber attack and then all of a sudden oh the financial markets have all been wiped and we've no idea who owns anything and um, I guess that's kind of the point of his his comment uh, that he's suggesting that they will go so far as to either fake or you know to make a cyber attack on themselves in order to get out of this. <laughs> so 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 we, we we would have the the big banks and financial institutions doing their own Tyler Durden and blowing themselves up. <laughs> <laughs> basically All fight club like yeah, yeah. don't yeah. make me do it yeah um yeah. it's uh yeah. that's it's pretty like well apartment in south park it's like yeah. I'm gonna you guys you got to take it yeah. seriously i'm totally gonna kill myself yeah and it's <laughs> i mean it, at this point i don't think anything's out of the realm but uh uh there's there are a lot of players on our side of this who stand to make a boatload of money and uh you know, you got to think about you have, you know, you, what, 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 whatever your political philosophy, we know that big banks and financial institutions pay a lot of money to politicians to get them to do their bidding, right? And if you're a politician, you want to look at what side of your bread is buttered. Do you take a bunch of money from a company that might be out trillions of dollars in the MOAS or take a bunch of money from a company that will stands to win trillions of dollars if there's a MOAS? And so, uh, who's uh, going to be able to line your pockets after it? Exactly. So you might <laughs> you might have to think long term, and that and that's that's in that article uh, Matt Taibbi wrote ten years, 10, 11 years ago about uh, Bear Stearns and naked shorting. He talked about how 
there was a meeting of the four big U.S. investment banks and the Federal Reserve and the Treasury and the SEC. And they got together and they said, uh, we want to kill Bear Stearns. And, and the feds were like, all right. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> and the next the next week, Bear Stearns was dead. And uh, uh, so, you know, there there are there are things that go on behind the scenes that we won't have access to until probably two, three, four years later when, when the minutes of the meeting come out or whatever. And uh, uh, I, my, my guess is, is that the fate has already been decided that the, 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 it's just the date we don't know. And that's, that's kind of where I think we're, we're, we're sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be a fucking wild ride. Um, so yeah, to wrap this up as yeah, I have to go and have dinner, uh, with my mom for her dinner, for her birthday. Um, birthday. so, uh, yeah, I don't think she's watching, but happy birthday. Mom, <laughs> <if you are. laughs> um, so yeah, everyone that's listened, um, thank you very much, uh, for tuning in, uh, Houston, um, William, it's been an absolute pleasure. Anyone that's enjoyed what we've talked about here, please go to whenmoon.com wen-moon.com and uh, check out uh, the trailer for the book, uh, some more information there about it, some of the research and background interviews I've done, uh, the story of why I decided to write it, and a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today. Um, so, guys, do you want to just give a shout out to where people can find you um, and, and your stuff if they want to? Um, yeah, uh, on YouTube, it's Houston Wade, or you can just search Houston, we have a problem, I'll pop up. And on Twitter at the Wooston, that's Houston with a W. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, to evade even... the the ban, right? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. You definitely didn't do that. That's no, no, no. I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, that was some other yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stonk News Network, everybody, shout out to Stonk News Network, and uh, I'm on Twitter uh, and Instagram at William underscore E underscore Steel or at William or at Will underscore E underscore Steel. Lovely. So yeah, guys, um, thank you very much. Everyone check out the uh, the links for those. I've put them in the chat. I will stick them in the description below as well. I'm doing that right now. And so yeah, thanks very much, guys. It's uh, It's been great. Thank you.